This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me today is Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. Uh, On this week's show... Uh, we're covering six uh, new releases, kicking off with Last Sentinel. Then we have the anthology movie Nightmare Radio, uh, Wire Room, one of the last uh, Bruce Willis films, The Integrity of Joseph Chambers, The Locksmith, and The Quantum Devil. Our short shot this week is Ringworms, and then our DTV throwback is Unlucky Stars. So without further ado, Let's crack on. Our first review then is Last Sentinel. In a future where most of the planet is submerged and the remaining countries fight over territory, a small squad of soldiers manning a platform in the middle of the ocean await their relief ship. However, when it does eventually arrive, there is no one on board. Um, this this is one of those sort of yin yang films in a way, isn't it? I mean, there, there's a lot to like here, especially the production values, um, the, the concept of the film is all really strong. It, it's it's kind of like the Lars von Trier version of Waterworld. <laughs> it, it's it's like the really 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 stripped down better version of, of that sort of scenario, or or. Or, you know, you can almost sort of see it in the same reality as the road almost, you know, it's it's, it's that sort of thing. If, it, if the road meets Waterworld, you kind of come up with this a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I was sort of equating it with um, stuff like Larry Fessenden's The Last Winter, you know, where it's oh, yeah. like this, it's, it's a small scale story, but there's kind of like big sort of world building sort of implications sort of happening on the you know on the periphery as it yeah. were you don't really it's it's very much a, it's kind of the sort of isolated uh almost cabin in the woods kind of setup you know isn't it it's just um it, it is a single location more or less um I, th- I think my only real issue is is the length it it's it's way too long but there's, there's not enough characters to pad out the material mm-hmm. and they don't have enough to do um which 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 you know it, it hurts the film unfortunately but but i think there is a lot to like here rich what what did you make of this no i i do as well i i do agree with you i think it's about 100 minutes long mm. which i think is too much uh, for as you say a film working within these particular limitations i think it needed to be a bit tighter you know that's something like we had we had black site the mm. um uh, yep. so sophia banks i think uh, film which was pretty much a tight 90 minute thriller. Yeah. Uh, and also the other film that I think was also around 90 minutes or uh, I might be wrong, reminded me of uh, Interceptor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which was also a film set on a platform. Mm. Um, the, I don't know if you caught it, but the, the, the forts, it, the fort itself is modeled on, uh, you know, the inspiration for the setting mm. came from uh, what's called the Mournsall forts, which is off the coast of Kent. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah, they yeah. were used as a as a ah. as an exterior shot in Molly. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, that's right. They were. Yeah. yeah. 
so that's that's kind of the where the inspiration sort of came from and then it they actually ended up making it in estonia um it, it, and i presume that's like a visual effect um creation I, I presume the whole setting is a visual effect and it's all just sort of the interior which is all very say cube alien whatever you want to equate it to uh the the what's it sea fever was another one we watched that came up mm -hmm. they've all treated the same kind of setting with different threats and stuff but this is very much a there's, there's no creep uh, proteus that was set on a platform i think, yep. I think it was an oil rig. Yep. but the um but this is very it's not a creature feature or anything like that it's very much to do with tensions within the group and there's a little bit of setup at the start of you know uh, the what it it's set in a future where you know the world is it's water world basically mm. uh, and there are factions there's basically two factions and uh, that is kind of it's kind of there in the background but they don't really make much of it and it sort of comes to the surface towards the end um it's it's as much a mystery as anything else because there is a sort of uh, tension and, and sort of who did that who does you know mm. it, it, they don't it's not uh they don't get picked off particularly but you know there is a certain level of attrition but it is a very small group so there's only so much you can do yeah but i thought you know thomas it, you, we're joining them at a point where you know it's already gone to hell you know <laughs> it's like but things are going to get worse from this point you know they're already in a bad situation mm. and they're already sort of on the brink uh, and you know there's fatigue and uh, you know um uh, men you know mental issues coming to coming to voice and stuff and that's kind of what the film is focusing on and i think it does a good job i think thomas kretschmann's really good um kate bosworth, bosworth yeah. uh, is uh, is is very good in in her role and the whole cast really say i think there's only like four maybe five people as main characters yeah in the got, story four four main characters and then two others two, two or three others are appearing like one scene later mm. on and that's about it yeah and the sort of cruxes that they're at sea protecting something secret uh, and, and yeah and um so that's kind of the thing in the background that's that's the the slow burn element it's mm. all kind of spending the time with the characters and mistrust and wanting to move on and you know and you know sabotage and stuff like that there's a lot that's really engaging i think the film looks great mm. uh, uh the you know the whole as you as you previously mentioned production values for what is probably Quite a modestly budgeted film are really good you know the all the stuff you know uh, it's set at sea you know but it doesn't feel like it's shot in a tank or using some you know dodgy cgi it feels pretty convincing i would yeah. say um and uh, yeah so i don't know what the setup was with, with how they made it but it all comes off really well and yeah i think it really it was a lot better than i actually thought it was going to be i, I, I was it, i was very pleasantly surprised i was looking forward to it but it, it exceeded my expectations just could have been a bit shorter yeah i agree with that how are you going to score it then i am going to give this one uh, an eight i think i really liked it yeah i'm gonna give it a seven um steve who can't join us today because uh, he's not feeling very well um he, he didn't get on with this unfortunately he scored it a five. Oh, interesting okay yeah so it's a five a seven and an eight for last sentinel go check it out our next film is nightmare radio the night stalker a late-night radio host challenges her listeners to call in with their own personal horror stories 
while trying to ignore the misogynist, creepy incel who's stalking her. Uh, this is actually the second anthology to be called Nightmare Radio. There, there was a previous one. Um, ugh, just lost the title now. Just spent two seconds. Because this is Nightmare Radio, the Night Stalker, isn't That's it? Right. Yeah. Uh, the other the one other was one, a think. night in horror, a night of horror, Nightmare Radio. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen the, the, the previous mm. one. Um, <laughs> you know, but this one is a bit more memorable. Um, the thing is, with um, as, as you're very well aware, Rich, um, mm. with anthology movies, um, they can be sort of very hit and miss. You know, there's usually like one or two good stories and then a bit of filler. Um, this seems to be much more consistent than some of the other anthologies we, we've looked at. Um, the, the wraparound story is a lot better. You know, it, it's not just there um, as, a, as a sort of throwaway to, you know, to try and glue stuff together. Um, it has a bit of purpose. And the actual sort of stories in between, uh, I think there was only one which I didn't really get on with too well. But mm -hmm. overall, I thought the standard was very good for this. Yeah, I'm not the... I'm a bit in two minds about the, these particular kinds of anthologies, which are the um, what I consider like a compilation album, where they where they buy the rights to five or six short films, mm. and then they they you know commission a, a wraparound story to be shot to just sort of pepper it in. So basically, a thirty a thirty minute story or twenty minute story. And then they cut away to the short films, whatever. And yeah. when you're doing that, it can seem a bit inconsistent, um, especially when, uh, you know, like aspect ratios change and stuff like that occasionally, oh. um, which could you could do that in a film like VHS, for example, you know, the, the film that is conceived, you know, from as, a, as an anthology as a whole, you know, they where, even if they work with other directors, you know, they might say, we're making this thing, you go off and do that story, but it, you, you've all got a mission statement. You're all working together as part of one project. Whereas yeah. all these other films have been made with, you know, their own their own beginning, middle and end, you know, their own yeah. top and tail, their own credits and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So they, they sort of I chopped them off. Yeah, and this is where this does sort of fall down. I mean, I do like mm. all the individual stories, mm. but it, it, even given the wraparound, they do find it difficult to sort of link the wraparound, uh, you know, the interjoining bit to yeah. the shorts, you know. Yeah. It's all very tenuous, isn't it? Yeah. It is, is a bit, you know, the, the idea is, you know, we've got this radio hostess who's saying, tell, tell, tell me something which happened to you specifically, which was creepy. Then we get these stories. And then afterwards she's going, no, I, I said to you, that was obviously about somebody else sort of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they died or whatever, you know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, but the actual individual stories I thought were very good for this one. Yeah, it's um, kind start, of a, the setup is a bit like Adrian Barbeau in the fog hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually quite I thought all that stuff, all the all you know, hmm. actually the production values on on the whole thing, but the production values on the wraparound, which I, which seemed to have a little bit more money to play with than some of the shorts. It's all very quite you know nicely you know limited locations and and stuff, but we do. We're in the studio. We go in the corridor and uh, in the bathroom. There's a, there's a few different areas, and it's all very nicely shot. The the actress is really good. I wasn't so hot on the, you know, the antagonist of that particular story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but the no, I like I liked her, and I thought that that worked quite nicely. The now the shorts themselves, uh, we've got. Hang on, let me just double check what we've got. Um, there are. Um, hang on, Let's see if I can find it. There are one, two, three, six. So there's six shorts in the film. Uh, and I'll be honest, there was only one that I was really keen on, although there was another one that I thought was pretty pretty good. And that was the, uh, so Insane, uh, which was the one where they basically, it's a very conventional kind of story, but uh, takes uh, a guy scouting for a location to uh, an, an old mental hospital. Oh, yeah. Uh, and spooky stuff happens basically it's like a it's like a 15 20 minute story uh very very nicely shot uh very you know formula kind of horror setup but i thought it worked quite nicely and i thought the one at the end uh chateau savignon had some quite interesting yeah. stuff going on also looked really good yeah um but the other ones uh we had there was playtime by ryan thompson foxes by Lorcan Finnegan was was pretty interesting, yeah. especially the kind of um, the location of the story because it's set in a suburbia, a suburbia that's completely um, well. One, it seems abandoned. <laughs> it's it's like devoid of any character, and I don't know if they did any visual effects or or just found a really you know interesting location, but. Every, every house looks the same. You know, it's one of those uh, developments where it's got no personality at all. It's it's almost like Stepford Wivesy kind of, you know, uh, blandness. Uh, and that's kind of the, you know, this, this uh, uh, she's a photographer uh, and she's working from home and the, you know, she's completely isolated and her husband's going off to the work and stuff. Um, but you see, you know, the husband, you know, driving away you know driving back or whatever you never see a single soul any of anyone else it's a very isolated setting despite the fact that it's you know there's a large population and i think we've all seen sort of locations like that so it's quite a relatable setting almost also a bit wild as well because the, the grass is overgrown in areas and stuff there's some interesting stuff in that story as well but that does it it comes back to the sort of original point of that doesn't really fit with what she was saying. <laughs> the, the host was saying yeah. as a story. Um, I think. If, I think she came. A... Up, yeah, I think she comes up with her idea after hmm. that particular story. Oh, okay. I, I think well, that's that when she. Be... Yeah, but there you go. Yeah, yeah <laughs> which it could is be. a bit could of a get out. <laughs> stretch it out a bit because no, nobody really, nobody really. I mean, I know you've already touched mm. on this. Nobody really actually does what she sets out. Says, yeah. "Tell me a story that's happened to you," or whatever. They don't actually ever get there <laughs> so um none of the stories even relate in to um to, so it's it's a bit maybe but you know like you say i think this is the second nightmare radio mm. maybe the first one did this i don't know if the, it did the same idea but the, you know maybe that will be developed a bit more but mm. i don't know it cut they the makers of this and they've done a few others like the red book ritual which we covered we did yeah. you know they're I'm glad I say I started out the review saying I'm sort of in a bit too minds because I'm really glad they make these because they do give these short films a showcase yeah, which yeah, they otherwise right, yeah. might might not get. Although that said, um, two of the films that are in this are selections on Alter, so you mm. can watch them. Um, you know, you can find them on YouTube. I, th I can't remember which ones they are, but I know that th I found three of these films are available on YouTube, so you don't okay. have to actually go and rent the film to to see all of them. 
although some of these films do have uh, do have films with a certain level of exclusivity, like Chateau Sauvignon, for example, I yeah. think is only available to watch in this film. And so, a good one. So it's worth, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is, it is worth one. seeing. Yeah. So that was uh, David M. Nightmare. Uh, yeah. I think that's a little play on words. And Liz, and Liz Drives is another one, which is quite interesting. Got a little payoff, little twist in the tail kind of story yeah. of the, um, uh, you know, it's almost like an urban legend type of, it is. It stinks, sings quite hard, that one, isn't it? It's one of those sort of like, um, yeah, I won't say any more about it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I'd say that, I mean, if you um, if you like me, you like short films, uh, and if you like, you know, horror anthologies and, and you know, mm. uh, stuff like that, this is definitely worth checking out. It's not got some of the best, but it's definitely, you know, it's got variety. Uh, mm. There's a lot of interesting things, you know, it's like a you know, we're seeing the work of a handful of directors who's, you know, you might go, oh, actually, I'd really like to check out more of what they've done. Uh, in particular, I'm really interested in Adam, Adam O'Brien's work. But um, I, I would say it's um, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. And, and it's pretty it's pretty decent. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, Steve um, also watched this. As I said, he's not he's not here tonight. Um, he actually gave this a seven. He, he, he agreed with me. It's, it's you know, it's a quite a consistent um, hmm. anthology. So, how are you going to score this one, Rich? I'm just going to slightly go down and say a six on this one. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm joining Steve on a seven. So it's two sevens and a six for Nightmare Radio. Go check it out. Our next review is Wire Room. Justin Rosa is a newly recruited FBI agent assigned to wire room duty, along with a retiring cop and a young technical expert. When the subject of their wiretapping mission is attacked by dirty cops, Justin breaks the number one rule and interacts with their subject to try and keep him alive. Interesting concept for this one, Rich. I have to admit, you know, I liked the idea that they were playing with here. I just think they went about it all wrong. <laughs> it's it's the kind of situation that we've seen before, but in the reverse. Mm. It's almost like, you know, because of the Bruce Willis connection, but imagine Die Hard, but you were, you were spending all your time with... Um, uh, who's the guy on the outside who he's talking to? I can't remember. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the cop. The, the cop, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if, imagine you were spending most of your time with him talking okay. to him on the radio and, ca- and cutting back the other way. I think that's mm. that's probably a, a reasonable sort of way of looking at it because the, we end up in this situation uh, where Kevin Dillon is the hero, but he's basically desk jockey. He's kind of sitting, he's mm. sitting at a computer. And Again. there's this other guy, not played by Bruce Willis. It's actually Oliver Trevana, who is like a, a he's like a Grand Theft Auto character, basically. He's, yeah. he's, he's a, He's a bad guy, but he's kind of like the anti-hero because, um, the, you know, he's a bad guy who bad guys are coming after. So, you know, it's it's that kind of... The enemy of we're, white we're enemy. Supposed, yeah, we're supposed to root for him and stuff. And to be fair, he, he does, he, you know, he runs with the role and I have to give him credit for that. Um, uh, Oliver Trevana, who was also in Plane recently with uh, yeah, Gerard Butler. Right. I, spo- um, I spotted him in that. And uh, he's actually... He's actually English, but I think in this in this he's playing Irish. Irish, playing very yes. Irish. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't, you know, I I don't think he does too bad a job. I no. mean, uh, it's fine. Um, 
it's just I, I always think it's a bit of a shame when sort of like a main character like this is played by somebody who's not as well known so doesn't get their name or, or face mm. or whatever on the cover uh, and it's um you know the it's one of those bait and switch kind of jobs but we do get quite a lot of kevin dylan and we do get a little about what we would expect to get of bruce willis, of bruce willis. so i don't feel undersold too much on 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 that although i did see on i think it was the i think it's the uk uh, video release uh, box i'm sure it said something like bruce willis is back to his best or something and yeah. I, was like, I was like i'm just checking it now but the um yeah bruce willis is back to his best action packed and i was like back to him back to who, his best in that? what sense in yeah, what who, ah, yeah. that's the funny thing it's a completely unattributed quote uh, <laughs> oh my God. so um yeah, he's he's not back to his best. Um, reportedly, this was the last film he shot before his retirement. Yeah, which is quite there's, hard there's, to believe. Still others considering how out. many there are coming out. Yeah, yeah, there's still others coming out, but this is apparently is the last one that he made. Um, so now, did we cover? Did we watch Hot Seat, the one which yes. had um, Kevin Dillon and Mel Gibson? And Mel Gibson. Yeah. Where See, some, I think know, these two kinda... are pretty interchangeable. Yeah, but with That's the exception what I, of I said again, you know, he's, he's, yeah. Stuck in a computer room again. Yeah, it's very, very similar. It's just because it's almost like I was like hot seat. Did that have Bruce? No, it's Mich actually Mel Gibson really liked him in that, and the sort of side stuff that they were doing with Mel Gibson were actually very engaging. Whereas with this, yeah. it's you know Bruce Willis sort of pops up at the beginning, and, and you know I think he comes back a little bit later, and, and uh, you know that's as that's as much as you get. But the so I think if I was comparing the two, I would say out of the two, Kevin Dillon sits in a room movies. Mm -hmm. I would go and watch Hot Seat because of yeah. because of Mel Gibson. But the um, I think these it's just funny these you know ex Bruce Bruce exploitation movie you know it's not Bruce exploitation in Bruce Lee but Bruce Willis exploitation mm -hmm. movies. Some of them are just so similar in their and in, in their structure and conventions and the way they're shot and even the same director. I mean Matt Escandari who who made this this is his fourth with Bruce Willis, right and. I think that's not to say they're all, I think they're all bad because I think uh, he, I think the first one he did was Trauma Center, which I actually really liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a lot of good I, stuff I, in that. Yeah. I think it was good. I think it looked really good and everything. This is on the lower end, you know. There's there's no polished, you know, sort of mm. strong cinematography and stuff to sort of sell the the limited circumstances and whatever. It's it's a it's a, it's it's got that kind of rush job sort of TV movie-ish feel mm. to it. I think it's fine, and I think you're if you're a completist or you know in, you enjoy you know you like Kevin Dillon, you like you or you're Bruce Willis completist or something. Give it a look. You know, I don't think it, it's you know it's not a bad way to spend what, approximately ninety minutes. Uh, actually, I think it's a bit overlong. This one, I think it's about an hour and forty. Um, again, they're sort of stretching it too much. I think you need to shave off about twenty minutes there, but. Um, they are what they are. I think we're, I mean, one, we're aware of the Bruce Willis situation now. So we're going into these uh, with a bit of a different mindset yeah. to what we do, were about, you know, a year ago, uh, yeah. A year or 12, <laughs> 18 months ago. So the, um, we kind of know what we're getting into. And also um, from that sense, but and also just the broader implications of what we think a, a, a one of these kind of, DTV action movies is going to be like what the expectations are. So you, if you if your expectations are set accordingly, you'll get on fine with it. 
I got on fine with it. Uh, I, I just think there's, you know, there's better ones out there, definitely. It's, it's interesting that, you know, now they've stopped paying for Bruce Willis's retirement fund. Um, mm. You know, perhaps the production values may improve with some of these um, sort of going forward. Like I said, I, I enjoyed the concept of this, of mm. these dirty cops sort of ra- raiding this guy only to find out that he's been totally wiretapped by the FBI sort of thing, you know, great scenario, but I think they told it from the wrong end. Mm. You know, I I think there needed to be more interaction with, with those bad guys for, you know, to, to really sort of embellish the film. Um, (laughs) I'll be honest. I don't really remember much about the, the bad guys and their motivations or anything. Well, just exactly. Um, A couple of things we get, Loads and loads of establishing shots of where the wire room is on, on this sort of weird industrial estate. We get no establishing shots for where our gun runner is being attacked from at all. And <laughs> until like about you know, the, until the film's almost over, then we get like an, an establishing shot of his compound. But you know, it's it's clearly you know I don't know sort of somebody's front yard sort of with, with a, a, a gate. Yeah, so yeah, part yeah. of their SUV. It does just it, look like know. someone's house. Yeah, it does. You know, <laughs> but we get we get no real sort of sense of the scale of where he lives. You know, it, it could be like a three bedroom semi detached place for all we know. Um, you know, but it's it's only really late they they do sort of throw in this uh, a quick establishing shot to say, oh yeah, no, this is where he lives. This compound sort of thing, which is a weird. There's a funny bit as well where we get the showdown at the end where the bad guys turn up and they're going. Ha, you can't shoot me through this bulletproof glass. <laughs> and there's a wooden door between the two sheets of wooden glass. Like, well, shoot, shoot the door. <laughs> just, <laughs> just shoot him through the door. That, that, that solved it. It was it was very bizarre. Um, but yeah, it's it's possible, you know. As I said, we, we've seen worse, that's for sure. You know, the um what were those ones? Well, I mean, Oliver Trevana was in Out of Death, which was definitely yeah. worse than this. Yeah. Uh, he had a small um, role in that one. That was de- that was definitely one that felt like it was showing fortress, someone's garden. The two Fortress ones. Yeah, the Fortress well, especially, especially the Fortress 2, anyway. That mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. fucking dreadful. This, this was a bit more passable. It's, it's not up there with Trauma Center. That was, you know, that was back when Bruce was actually still trying to act um, rather than just say his lines. Another one um, is we've got Texas Battle, who was, I, th- I think he was, hmm. I mean, he was in uh, Trauma Center. He's back in this one as one of the bad guys again, I think. Um, right. I think he was yep. a bad guy, I can't remember, but the um, but he's definitely back in the cast. They they always sort of bring, you t- I, I'm, I'm half expecting to see Simon Phillips turn up because he was in one of them yes. as well. Yeah, he was. I think he was I, in the first four. Yeah. As an aside, Simon Phillips is up against Arnold Schwarzenegger in the new series Fubar. I don't is know how he? long his, his oh, scene is, yeah. but I saw him in the trailer. So uh, yeah, nice, good on Simon Phillips for, for sort of oh, you know was... climbing the action movie, action hero sort of um, ladder with uh, co-stars and stuff. So anyway, but the yeah, I think Out of Death was was one that was. Uh, particularly you know mm. not good <laughs> uh, and Indeed. i think this this is this is better i think say kevin dillon okay he's, he's done a couple of these now mm-hmm. not sure where i rank him in in the sort of uh you know the the, the dtv action leads of the of the moment it I must be difficult to, re- to, have to be constantly reacting to a blank tv screen 
Mm. You know, um, that that must be hard. So, so yeah, they need to give him a role where he's actually doing something mm. rather than just being Johnny Drama stuck behind a desk. You know, kind of. Kind of thing, so. Yeah. On that note, how are you going to score it, Rich? Ooh, I think I can't really go more than five. I think it's very middling. It is very middling. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I knew I knew from the opening shot, the opening um, in media res nonsense that we get, which is all this sort of blurred. You know, they they put this sort of blurred effect on people running with mm-hmm. a really bad vo- audio and stuff. And I looked and I thought, oh Jesus, I'm gonna hate this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So maybe maybe they threw that in just to lower my expectations and then allow me to build up a little bit. So yeah, I, I'm joining you on a five for this. So it's two fives for Wire Room. If you're a Bruce completionist, go check it out. Our next film is The Integrity of Joseph Chambers. An insurance salesman decides he needs to prove his manliness to his wife and himself by going hunting alone in the woods. However, a series of bad judgments leads to catastrophe. Um, we've got Clayne Crawford. Crawford? Yes. Crawford. Yeah. yeah. Um, from uh, from the Lethal Weapon series, Lethal. Craig Martin Riggs, for yep. a few seasons, I think, before they Two seasons parted before ways. His, um, before his antics on set got the better of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in a very good low-budget film that I, I, I rate quite well um, called Convergence. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was in that with a, with a guy from Devil's Candy. I can't remember the name of the actor now. But anyway, um, yeah, that, that's a really good film worth checking out. So, yeah, and, and we've got um, Jordana Brewster in this as well, playing his wife um, at, at the beginning of the film as well. So it's good to see her in a more grown-up role after 10 Fast Furious movies and um, The Faculty, which is the only two things I I know from, but really do rate her. Um, So we got this guy, he's an insurance salesman, quite a successful uh, insurance salesman by all accounts, but from the looks of it, he's been watching too many Andrew Tate videos in his downtime, and um, he decides that he needs to prove himself, goddammit. And ill-advisedly takes this this trip into the woods um what would you say the first thing he does wrong rich uh the first thing he does wrong oh um other than go out on his own (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so he's not prepared well he's not prepared so (laughs) he's been told that he needs to wear orange by, by the looks of it um, he hasn't been told why he needs to wear orange because he wears it under his other coat. So he's got like um, oh today sort of body warmer thing, you know, sleeveless mm-hmm. orange body warmer. But he wears it under his jacket, so it can't be seen. The whole point is, if you're out hunting, you wear orange because you can be seen by other hunters. You can't be seen by the deer because they mm-hmm. can't see orange and yellow. So you know, you're uh, making yourself bright to other people, make them aware. Of, you know, you're there. But you're not you're not hurting your um, your advantage sort of trying to sneak up on a deer or something. Uh, see, I would have never got that. <laughs> never, never. I, yeah. don't, I don't know enough about the the, the subject, but uh, mm. no, that that is quite interesting. It's yeah. what um, I think you can tell from 
the opening lingering shot of the film that it's mm. it's a slow burn you know it's very it's, much it's, yeah. it's it's very much on the art film side of things um it's a it's one of those one man you know practically one man show kind of films this is a, a film about the character of joseph chambers and and claim crawford's sort of opportunity to to sort of shut i guess he's trying you know uh have a almost like a play kind of it's what it's it's like well one of those one man shows sort of play kind of kind of films where you know he gets to uh showcase his range i guess that's what he's kind hmm. of you know a different side of his is acting to maybe what people have seen him in in the more uh say like lethal weapon the more popular stuff sure. that he's done you know mainstream this is an art film the second film he's done with the director uh robert uh, Macoyan, uh, who did the, they did the killing of two lovers together, which I presume, uh, which uh, I presume is sort of similar, sort of mm. ke- uh, fish. It's, um, it's shot in more like a four by three ratio. So it's like black bars on the side of your screen. Mm-hmm. And I think the previous film that they did together was also that way. Clay Crawford's actually a producer. Uh, so he's, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's, he's, he's, he's more invested than, you know, I think he's like one of the only producers. So it's like, it's not like they've just added his name to the credits. Uh, you know, it's yeah. like, he's an active producer in the film. You know, it's, it's kind of the project that him and uh, the director of, of cleaning, of writing, I should say, writer director have been sort of getting off the ground together. Um, how much did you get to see of it? I, I did sort of skip through bits and pieces, but I think I sort of picked up the more integral moments. Mm-hmm. Basically, so so the film has, I say, it's a slow burn. I think it's. I was watching it kind of half passively, you know, kind of. I wasn't fully. If I was just watching the film and not sort of looking looking at my phone or using the computer or whatever, I think I would have been bored bored to tears uh, for quite a bit of it. I would just been very frustrated with the pace. Mm. Uh, it, for me, it would it would seem like there's a really good twenty minute short film in here, but not necessarily an hour and a half that I want to spend with this character because he's not an appealing, you know, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the film itself, it's on the surface, it's very serious, but it's got like blackly comic sort of diversions and, and, and touches mm-hmm. and stuff. So, you know, Joseph Chambers goes into the, the woods and immediately, you know, he's, he's, he's not, he's, he's not really taking it seriously. He's not really, mm-hmm trying his best <laughs> you know it's kind of um uh you know he sets up to you know to a, on a lookout or whatever and like immediately falls asleep mm-hmm. and then he's like we're just spending time sort of following him around as he sort of sings to himself or whatever and you get these kind of auditory not hallucinations but um uh, representations of his imagination where he's like imagining he's like playing baseball and stuff so you hear crowds and stuff um there's these little touches like that, but there's a turn of events um, which livens things up, uh, and it does become qu- quite interesting and quite intriguing uh, about how he's going to deal with that particular sa- situation uh, from that point. Uh, still very slow, uh, you know. Still mm. lots of, you know, limited dialogue, drawn out scenes, you know, kind of more of a. It is kind of a what would happen what would it be like if this was real life you know it's it's if not it a, happened to you sort of thing yeah it's not a, what, what it's not a thriller like? uh, yeah. could be a thriller you could say there's a little bit of a thriller element to it but it, it's more of a it's more a sort of a drama with sort of dry black comedy and stuff 
peppered throughout it. I, I don't, I don't, I didn't dislike it. I say, apart yeah. from the fact that I think for my tastes, it would have worked better as, as say a short film, mm. but uh, it's certainly a good performance uh, from playing Crawford. Who's I haven't, I haven't actually watched the lethal weapons series or anything. So I don't know his work very well, mm. but uh, he 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 was fine. I say not there's there's Jordan like say Jordana Brewster's in there a little bit. There's somebody else who turns up later in the film, yeah. which was uh, as long as you don't uh, read the credits or whatever, that's quite a nice little surprise uh, later on uh, when you see somebody else you might recognise. So yeah, I think it's okay, but don't go in expecting you know a, a fast paced thriller. You know, it's very much a, a slow burn. Yeah, I mean. There are there are sort of numerous films out there which are quite compelling, even though they're sort of just very slow Absolutely. long yeah. takes. I mean, uh, one of my favourite films from a couple of years ago is Silence and Darkness, uh, where you're following around two sisters, one is blind and one is deaf, and you just literally just you know the camera's like in the distance almost. You know, you're just sort of watching them sort of interact and stuff for long periods without anything really happening, but it's still very compelling while, while you're watching it. Um, and, and, you know, there are various scenes here. There's one in particular, there's a tracking shot, uh, which reveals something very important in the middle of the film, but it takes mm. ages for, you know, <laughs> you know, something's coming, you know, you know, because you've seen the look on his yeah, face. Yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah, but, yeah, I know the you bit know, you mean. I know you know the bit you mean. I mean. And yeah. It does take forever. And then, the, you know, at the, the end of the film, um, it's kind of like, it, it's kind of like, uh, a playful wink by the filmmakers, the way the way they did that. I mean, it's, it's a brilliant bit of acting at the end of the film. But if you're expecting any kind of payoff to anything that happens in the film, um, you may be waiting a long time, basically. But um, it's 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 well acted for what it is. It, it's not going to suit everyone. It's not a th- not really a thriller as such. Um, no. You know, it is it is very much a, a, a sort of survivalist drama kind of scenario. Um, but yeah, if you if you go in it with the right mind frame, you'll probably get a lot out of it. Um, otherwise, you know, you're gonna. If you read some of the comments on IMDb, you know, there's a lot of people very frustrated with this film. Um, mm. But there you go. Oh, yeah, I can rich. see that. I mean, the cover is quite dramatic. The cover is quite action yeah. movie-ish. It looks yeah. quite exciting from the cover, so you can certainly see uh, why that's happened. The um, the other thing I'll mention is uh, this has actually uh, had a uh, a physical release, so it's it it is like most of the films we generally end up talking about. It's uh, it's digitally available, but they've re- they've released this one not on DVD, but they have released it on Blu-ray. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any. Uh, extra features uh, and stuff from the director. I, I, I haven't been able to find that out, but it is uh, uh, if you know if you're into if you're interested, um, you know there is a blue a Blu-ray out there. Um, maybe it's because of you know because of the director, the kind of he's probably got um, uh, you know art directors tend to have sort of a following and stuff, and then maybe that's that that's the sort of reason um, behind that. You know this is. We're, um, we're perhaps the wrong audience, um, but uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm glad we gave it a shot, and I did, en- I did enjoy certain elements of it, definitely. Indeed. On that note, how are you going to score it? I'm going to give it a six. Yeah, I think that's fair. Two sixes for the integrity of Joseph Chambers. Go check it out.
Our next review is The Locksmith. Miller Graham is an expert locksmith and safecracker. One night on a job, he is betrayed by a dirty cop, which results in the death of his best friend and a 10-year prison sentence. When he finally gets out, Miller just wants to make amends with his ex and daughter, but the same dirty cop, now a decorated detective, is back in his life. This is one of my films of the year, Rich. Really? Okay. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's nothing really original. I mean, we, we've... No, definitely not. <laughs> at all. But it is done with a lot of style. It is, um, you know, the, the opening credit sequence is, is done to sort of give it that sort of... Um, a bit of a sort of retro 70s flavour, you know. Um, it, it feels like something that could have been written by... Um, oh, bloody hell. Who's the guy who did Get Shorty? Oh, uh, oh God! Yeah, <laughs> um, outside, you know, outside. Yeah, outside. Like, uh, yeah, it, uh, it has a bit of feel of that, you know, going for it. It's, uh, um, it's very well written. Very Elmore well Leonard. Elmore Leonard, thank you. Yeah, Elmore Leonard. Um, it's it's got that sort of flavour to it. You know, it's got well-rounded characters. Uh, we've we've got a hero who is you know he, he's highly skilled but not very bright. <laughs> let's, let's face it. You know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, um, gets himself way over his head in in, in various um, ventures in this film. But it is just so well done. Uh, you know, it, it moves at a good pace. Doesn't that stay as welcome? I think the ending, it, it's, it overplays it a little bit. You know, there's just too many reveals, one after the other sort of thing. Um, but other than that, I thought this was very solid indeed. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I, did, I, I did like it a lot. I think that, I mean, we've got a really good cast here of... Kate Bosworth in her second film released yeah, second this week, film of the week yep. and Ryan Philippi uh, as as the as 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 the locksmith himself. Uh, we've got solid support from Ving Rhames, uh, Tom Wright, um, who um, a lot of people might recognise from like March for Death and uh, Martial Law TV series. The uh, we've got Noel G, who, who's like character actor who's um, uh, you know pops up all over the place. He's one of the sort of uh, Second in commands at the uh, in the, the, the corrupt sort of cops division. Uh, the the set, say that it is very much a guy gets out of prison but can't stay straight kind of, kind of story. It's that it's that story. We've seen it a lot he gets of times. Sucked back in, yeah, all that. Yeah. He gets sucked back in. There's you know, as you say, there's some interesting dimensions to how that happens and how that pans out. That's uh, this um, you know what what the game plan is and, and that it's um you know very manipulative kind of situation there's the uh there's a relationship with his ex who's you know happens just happens to be on, on the police force with the uh the, the antagonists of the story so mm. she's kind of embedded there with his, with his daughter so it's a small town everyone knows each other he's like you know, he's like one, literally one step removed sort of from from mm. from the situation and stuff. And so it, everything's very tight. Everyone's very close together, and the <clears> threats <throat> are very real. Some really nice action moments. It's not an action film, so it's very much a, a thriller. But uh, there's like some uh, a bit towards, uh, uh, particularly there was a bit towards the end involving Rick Ving Rhames, uh, which I thought was very nicely played. You know, it's all gunfight kind of stuff. Um, the um the, the relation you know the character having the relationship with his daughter i thought was really nice and quite 
interesting because it's not like she she's actually really open to it <laughs> you know she's yeah. she's not like oh you're not my dad you you haven't been around or anything she's just like oh hi and you know so she's she's <laughs> like really keen to sort of, um yeah you know, develop that relationship yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff and he he is you know he does seem to be trying his best and genuinely does genuinely does want to be a good father and you know make mm. you know co- uh, um, reconciliate with with the part you know with the with the, his ex and, and stuff yeah. um so he's a very easy character uh miller graham's a very easy character to sort of like and get on board with um even when he's sort of making some bad decisions so, yeah so yeah I, I i did really i again i think this bit like um the other kate bosworth films the other kate bosworth film i should say um mm-hmm. it surprised me because it was a, a step higher in terms of sort of quality than I was expecting. Um, I mean, they Bosworth and Philippi both make some pretty decent films. You know, there's, yep. there's not many that I've sort of been uh, disappointed by, I should say. Mm. Uh, there's, you know, what was... Some films, like, you get, like, Ryan Philippi will turn up as, like, a supporting character, and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the film is, you know... Where is that one about the, the, um, the Alps? Was it the Alps? Yeah, that's... Well, that's yeah, the one I'm particularly thinking of, yeah, where he's, yeah. it, he, he doesn't quite fit or whatever, but him in a, you know, he is a leading actor, I think, and he, he, you know, he's better when he's in those kind of leading roles, or if it's a strong supporting role that's, that suits him really well, like One Shot, for example, I thought he was, mm-hmm. he was good. He was good in that, yeah. Uh, uh, he was good in that. Um, so he's <laughs> one, he, he is one of those guys who's been around for a long time, you know, his teen heartthrob, uh, Cruel Intentions and all that sort of thing, but he's really stayed the course. And I think he's, you know, he's still, you know, he's, I think he's more improved himself, but he's kind of still kind of on the periphery. He's kind of one of those guys. You still go, oh, Ryan Philippi kind of mm. thing. But then you get quite surprised every time you you see him. I, I, I've liked most stuff that I've ever seen him in. And yeah. I think as he gets older, I think that's, I don't, I think that'll only improve because I think he will stay the course and be one of the, you know, one of those guys who will maintain quite a high standard uh, uh, as 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 his career, you know, continues yeah. over the next 10, 20 years. But some other, you know, some other nice bits in this. Um, we got a good sort of villain with um, Jeffrey Nordling playing um, Detective Zwick. Um, for one, um, he you know he's an absolute ass uh, when we see him, and not quite as in control as he, he likes to think he is. What's going on? Um, we also get a, a a sympathetic parole officer. For probably the first time ever, you know, someone who who's actually stern but fair. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, she she gets two scenes. First one, she's like, you know, chewing him out, and the next one, she's like, oh, well done, you know, all this sort of stuff, which I thought was really really cool. Um, yeah. Because uh, usually in this sort of scenario, it's like they go to the parole officer, and the, and the parole officer's like, I know what you've done, right? Yeah. Now you need to go and see this guy. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Give me a cut, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can hate or something. Yeah. Um, the the other bit as well, which which was really good, was was that piano recital at the, the end. Mm-hmm. Um, just that little moment when she plays "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." I thought that was, you know, quite touching. Really, mm-hmm. it was. Um, you know, had a, had a quite a bit of heart and and sort of showed how much you know um, she, she actually cared you know, how much she'd been affected by what had actually happened. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's, um, it's, this is really, really solid. As, you know, it's, it's nothing original, but it's just done really, really well and um, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Um, so yeah, this this I, don't be surprised if come uh, December, you know, I'm talking about this in my top ten. And on that note, I'm going to score it an eight out of ten. How about yourself? I'm going to give it an eight as well. Yeah, two solid eights for the locksmith. Go check it out. Our final main review is The Quantum Devil, an international team of scientists whose research is linked to the supernatural are summoned to a remote location in Eastern Europe in an effort to breach the quantum barrier and travel to another dimension. Uh, this is from the same director or writer-director as the film we covered last year, which Girl Next. Which, yes. um, which, which you and Steve did not get on with at all. Um, not so really, I'm not, no. I'm, not, I'm not surprised. This is sort of like, you know, this is like the last film that you were looking to cover um, and didn't get round to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was on the, on the back burner and, and slipped through. It's a mess. It is a mess. It's, it's not as grotesque as, as Girl Next. It does um, sound interesting. I like the concepts. Yeah, like but the, it's just the sort done of setup. It, 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 it's sort of channeling, so HP Lovecraft meets David Lynch. Mm. It is very, very strange. Some of it's in English, some of it's in, I don't know, it's Estonian or something. Um, and it's about this, this, you know, philanthropist who's in a wheelchair. Um, he's got very sort of strange people working for him. And he brings this, this group of people together. One's like an empath, one's um, a, a, like a biochemist. Uh, one's a physicist, you know, quantum physicist, all this sort of stuff. And he's hoping that together they're going to help him sort of breach this barrier and open this portal into another realm. Um, mm. But on top of that, each of these people has a dark secret that he knows about. So, you know, he reveals that, yes, I know all the things. For example, the chemist guy, um, he helped this drug gang come up with a new version of like, um, you know, ecstasy or something that would, uh, ended up killing about 200 people in this nightclub. You know, uh, our main so-called so hero um, accidentally killed his girlfriend or his fiance um, during a very bit, you know, a bit of a rough sex one night. And, you know, the empath, for example, um, she had a twin sister who died in childbirth. So, you know, so they were both born at the same time, but only one of them survived. Um, and she's sort of haunted by her sister's alter ego and all this sort of stuff going on. It's it's very strange, as you'd expect from this director. Um, very trippy at times. And it does have an interesting denouement. Um, it, it goes down quite a sort of dark alleyway, shall we say. Um, mm -hmm. But it is a bit sort of just a bit too weird for its own good. How and long is it? Um, I'm not sure, actually. Dang, I'm just. I was just wondering: is it a story that's kind of quite self, you know, quite contained? You know, in terms of, um, you know, does it get where it needs to go reasonably, or, or is it like really drawn out? It is a bit overly drawn out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Well, it's only an hour and thirty. Mm -hmm. But even so, um, yeah, especially at the beginning, where so our main guy turns up at this mansion, and you know, he, he he takes a taxi from the train station to this place. The taxi driver's not very happy about taking him there. You know, more or less kicks him out the door as soon as they get there and drives off. Um, 
and then he has to go into this place and it's all really really drawn out you know um and it takes a long time before you know there's no subtitles when other people are speaking other languages Mm-hmm. to begin with as well so you know he's just going he's just yelling at these people going i'm an american scientist you know <laughs> you told me to come here all, all this sort of stuff but it takes a while mm-hmm. um it, it, so i don't know maybe, maybe it could have been it could have benefited from a rewrite but other than that you know it does sort of channel into that lovecraftian kind of thing uh with, with sort of the old gods and all that it's i i did enjoy it eventually but it did take a while to, to sort of really get into its um into a stride mm-hmm. and on, oh, that, on that note what are you going to score it uh, it's going to be a six yeah um I, I think i preferred girl next over this mm-hmm. which is interesting but um he, I, I do find him yeah uh, larry wade carroll is the um director and one, one of the writers um yeah he does produce some very strange stuff it has to be said Cool. All right, on to our short. In the case of the case of the old ringworms. Mm-hmm. In five. Our short shot this week is ringworms. A young couple rent a remote cabin for a romantic weekend, only to fall foul of a bizarre cult trying to resurrect their leader. Um, it's not often I get to recommend a short, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I caught this twice last year at uh, a couple of film festivals. Um, first one was Mayhem. No, first one was Grimfest over in Manchester and then Mayhem. Unfortunately, when it was shown in Mayhem, something went wrong with the audio and halfway through the film, the audio was out of sync with, with what we're actually seeing on the screen, which was a real shame. Um, luckily, obviously the version on uh, YouTube is fine. Um, but I, I think I've watched this about five times now. I, I really do enjoy it. I showed it to my wife um, the other night. Uh, she, she enjoyed it as well. Um, but it is- The coincidence uh, it, of this was when you recommended it to me, yeah. I'd literally just, watched and posted on our on our short shots feed um feed which was the uh, the film the director made previously um, so i just thought that was a weird coincidence that i just posted one of his films and then you, then you tell me about one of the others so um, did you watch um, feed by the way i, I haven't yet no i yeah, will be it's, it's worth a look yeah but um yeah ringworms um so what are your impressions i i just really love this um i, I love the editing one thing yeah it's, it's got a nice look to it all the way through it's a classic sort of um cabin in the woods story you know it, it um uh, you've got these two people you know there's a bit of drama going on because the guy is about to propose to the girl she doesn't know about it but you know the guy's sister does so she's calling her so what the hell's going on and all this then then he drops the ring down the garbage chute you know and you, you kind of know what's going to happen a little bit but also, while all this is going on, unbeknownst to them, there's this cult who are trying to resurrect their 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 leader, and it's sort of this really bizarre sort of, I don't know, not exactly satanic, but sort of demonic thing going on, and it's it's very, it's got a, a sort of sense of sort of a folk horror to it as well, which is really interesting. They're sort of feeding um, off her sort yeah. of 
un- uncertainty and, and yeah, ang- yeah, angst yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah about the situation that. that she's in with her with her partner. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, and then you know the, the transformation and everything that happens in the fight. Uh, I, I just think it's it's a really well done, really well encapsulated story. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I just thought the a bit where you know, like when you see the cult down in their sort mm. of cult area watching sort of what is basically like the the ring videotape almost like they've yeah. got this kind of videotape oh yeah that was weird isn't it? yeah um which also brought to mind a little bit um because i just watched it recently get out which has a videotape kind of bit in it as well oh, yeah. but the um the there the area that they're in just seemed really really small it's like a, it felt like they were in a cupboard they were like a, this like cult <laughs> group and they were like well, in a basement this, or somewhere yeah. in this yeah like real corner like really tiny sort of area um it, it would have felt a bit better if, if there was a bit more space um mm-hmm. to sort of show show them all in a, in a, a broader sort of environment but yeah it's a very weird sort, sort of um what is there what are they doing kind of thing. i would be interested to see you know an elaboration of of mm. Of who they are and whatever it is it's all very much left to left um vague intentionally um it's a nice sort of production a, a element nice as well with the um sorry with which the portrait it's a, it's a nice sort of production element with the, the portrait of the the um the cult leader so yeah, yeah. him in his prime and then you sort of see him in the in the wheelchair and then as, yeah. as he's sort of regenerating you know they sort of cut in front of him each time and he's sort of a bit more sort of with it and more menacing it's, it's really yes. really well done yeah yeah, and the and the the visual so it almost gets like um, it's almost like a uh, skin skin sort of uh, degenerate. Hmm. I can't remember like flesh eating kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she's got like all these holes basically hmm. all over her hands and stuff, and that's all really nicely done. You've got the worms themselves, which um, sort of wriggle around, and and you, you know the the visual effects there are quite nice yeah it's it, i liked it it's about what it was about 13 15 minutes long yeah uh, i think it's on alter yeah uh, directed by will lee so who did um uh, the film feed as well uh which is another sort of small scale kind of um uh, horror story the the i thought the the, the small cast were good you know the the mm-hmm. the lead actress uh, uh faye tamas tamasa uh was was good. The the guy playing the boyfriend, uh, Skylar, uh, Ockerstrom Lang, uh, quite liked him. Uh, mm-hmm. As you know, the, the um, you know his optimism about what was <laughs> what this what about this trip, what this trip was going to be, and what the reality. But you know, basically, the the it, in the typical sort of horror movie fashion, it basically falls apart for everyone. Uh, yeah. it's uh, it's it's not really uh, doesn't really go well for for anyone involved. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I thought it's good. I'll say I'd be interested to see a sort of a, no pun intended, fleshed out version. But mm. the, oh, sorry, Faye Tamasar, is, I believe she's credited as Faye Nightingale in this. I'm just looking at the IMDb credits of, of, the, of the cast. Mm-hmm. The, um, and yeah, definitely interested to see more from the director. Say so those two, those two that I've seen have both been interesting. Yeah. This was better than Feed, I felt. Uh, and, you know, it'd be really interesting to see what the next short or perhaps feature debut uh, will be like. Absolutely, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoy this. I, I like the um, that visual effect as well. Um, what happens to the cult leader mm-hmm. when, when when the portal's left open? I um, thought that was um, really really cool uh, as well. So yeah, that's Ringworms. Uh, as we said, it's, it's on the um, YouTube channel Alter, and uh, we'll put a link in the footnotes below. Go check it out.
Our DTV throwback this week is Unlucky Stars. When Peru's biggest action film star and Jordan's newest rising talent find themselves pursued by a notorious bookie, a couple of private investigators are forced to choose between their job and their conscience. Um, this is a love letter, a big, fat, heart-strung love letter to um, the classics by Jackie Chan, Summer Hung, and Yen Biu. Um, specifically the likes of Dragons Forever and a few others. Um, and it is just absolutely brilliant. It really is. Um, if you're a fan of, of Hong Kong cinema from the 80s and 90s, then you know, you're going to recognise the sort of things they're um, covering. Even if you're not, if you know, um, even if you're a fan of like Isaac Florentine and people like that, you know, you're going to really, really appreciate what these guys have done. Um, over to you, Rich. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually seen it before. I've been wanting to see it for a long time. It's I don't know if it ever got a proper release, but it's been on YouTube for a while. I don't, I, it's uh, it's you know released by the by the I believe <coughs> has been like properly released by the makers themselves because if you go on the website, it basically links through to to the film, say freely available. It's very much a passion project from <coughs> sorry, uh, the filmmakers uh, Dennis Rule, uh, Ken uh, Kitsug. Kitagua, sorry, I apologize, I apologize for butchering that name, uh, and Vlad Rimberg as well. All very, very proficient, you know, action filmmakers and and, and stuff in there. Uh, and sort of this is kind of a, a showcase, I guess, is the sort of best way to to put it for them and you know the various people in you know the stunt performers in the cast too. It's it's all it's all act you know action guys doing their own stunts. That, that's that's kind of one of the big selling pieces. Uh, to the film I think it, I want I really wanted to like it and I do love the choreography and you know that it's really you know it's it's great stuff I think just um, for me you can have too much of a good thing and I think the it just sort of some of it just goes on too long and mm. um, I would I do prefer it sort of more bite size um, this this kind of thing, uh, and I wasn't. This is really an hour and forty minutes. So yeah, hour and forty minutes. Yeah, you do get. I mean, you get your. You get. You. I mean, not paying any money for it, but you, you get what you get your money's worth. And more, you know, more more than over. You know, <laughs> so there's so much action in here. You know, mm. it's it's a, it's um, it's just perhaps a bit too too much for for me at the time when I was watching it as the as probably a bit. I, I sort of compare it to. Uh, a short there's a short film that uh John Paul Lai and um Laurent Plancel did called uh, The Division which was almost it it felt almost like it was half an hour of pure action uh which again fantastic stuff but just and you know just a bit too much you know like the the for example the some of the fight scenes in in this just go on a really really long time and that's kind of not uh, what's interesting is that's kind of an approach that has been taken with the new John Wick film, you know, just mm. the, 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 you know, the, the scenes just go on and on and on. Um, uh, but I think the, in this case, I was, I would have preferred a bit more brevity in, in some of the scenes, especially in the fact that some of the music and stuff is really repetitive. Yeah. So therefore you haven't got the, it, it just feels like it's, you know, although you're seeing 
lots of different actions and stuff it starts to all blend together um and i and i say this as somebody who really loves this stuff um but i think i'd have i you've really got to be like okay i know i'm just going to be watching action scenes basically for the next hour and a half it, it does even at times feel like it's been assembled from shorts like a web series mm -hmm. and i think that's a way i would have preferred to watch the story i think if i'd have watched it that way i would have probably got on better with it sure but say um i didn't get on with the story and stuff unfortunately but fantastic action i mean what incredibly talented guys there there's there's some little cameo appearances by um uh, people, you know, if, you, if you're if people who are aware of the stunt community may recognize and mm -hmm. uh, supporting players like Sam Hargrave, the director of Extraction, has a yeah. role in this. Uh, and we've also, there's somebody who turns up at the end in, in, a, in a quick shot, uh, which was nice to see. JJ um, Perry's in there as well, someone. That's that's who I was alluding to, yes. Uh -huh. the, um, and we've, but say the guys themselves, um, sort of the main actors, Dennis Rule, uh, Dennis, I'll just say Dennis Ken and Vlad, sort of the main sort of guys. Um, they, you know, they 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 get solid opportunities to sort of showcase what they can do. Vlad's also the the sort of action uh, action director, choreographer of the film as well. Yep. He's got tons. Of, he's got a very active uh, YouTube channel with loads of uh, shorts on it. Which I'm, I'll be honest, I haven't even had a chance to sort of delve into those yet. Mm -hmm. But I would equate it to something like there was there was another film that was a bit like this in terms of concept, but had a bit seemed to have a bit of a bigger budget. And that was called Plan B, which also never really got a proper release. I mean, it's it's actually really, really difficult to find because mm. I think it was it was never it was made in Germany, I think, and never really got any exposure outside of Germany. With, uh, but it's now uh, due. It's supposed to be getting a remake, like an English language remake. Um, right. I think by Amazon. But anyway, that film is like a much more polished ver a, a more polished version of what this was doing, and this is kind of. I would also equate this to something like um, Eric Jacobus's Contour, mm -hmm. which is which is also kind of a you know really low budget, but very passionate um, action you know set piece film. You know they show you know showcase some some really fantastic sort of Hong Kong influenced action, which we've also seen in you know uh, other films like uh, Blindsided, for example. Um, so. I wasn't blown away, unfortunately. I really wanted to be. Um, it, as I say, I, for me, it was too much of a good thing, and it just, it's a bit too much repetition in 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 some of it. But absolutely fantastic um, action sequences, uh, and I'm sure anybody who's, I mean, anybody who's into martial arts action and hasn't seen it, it it's definitely a must see. You've, you've got to go and check it out. And if if you're not familiar with some of these guys, it will sort of lead you down some more sort of rabbit holes of, of other people's work to check out. Mm, absolutely. I, I think I did enjoy it a bit more than you. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I see. I, I, clearly I, don't, think, I don't think I don't think I noticed the repetition as much because I, I did watch it in two sittings. I, um, I did sort of split it up. But but even so, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I think Vlad Rinberg in particular um, doing the sort of summer hung impression. Yeah, yeah. Was, was, was very good. There's a guy who does um, a good sort of yen impression at the beginning you know the cigars chomping badly oh, yeah, from yeah. Um, um dragons forever and uh, yeah. eastern condors um he was really good as well yeah i, I just thought the, the cast was very solid the um the, the choreography was very good um it, it, it does need tightening up in places but overall 
you know, I, th I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, as, Ken as was Rick... in uh, the Paper Tigers, by the way. Uh, yeah, he was one of the main characters, and also, uh, say the Eric Jacobus thing. He was in films like Rope Dope Two, mm -hmm. and Dennis Rule was in. Um, he's the director of the film as well yeah. as one of the actors. Uh, he works a lot on like uh, video games and stuff, but he's he's been in uh, what's it things like. Uh, yeah, he also did the Rope Dope. Uh, too, but has you know done lots of lots of huge amounts of stunt work and stuff. But um, they're they're oh Fibel throws down. That's a short film that he did. I've, I've seen that mm -hmm. one. Um, that, so he's he's done quite a, quite a lot of cool. say all over the place, doing all different sorts of you know these guys work in m multiple aspects of the business. You know that they're they're in front of the camera. They're like designing action. They're doing you know stunt stuff. They're doing mocap and previs and whatever it is. You know absolutely. They, they, yeah. they, they definitely know their um, stuff. That's what they, they do. They absolutely are sort of like the best. And this is when this is back in 2015. They're even better now, mm. probably. So um, you know so um, definitely look up. You know watch this. Check out their sort of IMDb's and, and YouTube channels and, and stuff and yeah, see what, what else they've done. Mm, absolutely. Definitely. Yep. So there you go. We don't score the um, the throwbacks, but we do recommend you check them out, and we highly recommend you check this. Uh, that is the end of this week's show. So thank you for listening. Thanks to Rich for joining me. Unfortunately, Steve wasn't able to make it, but uh, he'll be back next episode. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Uh, also, the short shots where Rich puts a link to a new short every evening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.